Welcome to Kiss the Librarian Mug, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air, air date, wow, 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 3, Episode 18, Earshot. We're talking about plot. We'll be talking about characters. We'll be talking about telepathy. So, spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before and after it, the comic books and possibly even other shows or movies. I don't know where this podcast is going to go, dear listener. But what I can tell you, I'm pleased to tell you, with certainty, is that the demon Azeroth will not be... It didn't make the sound like that time. How did it make the sound so perfectly before? There we go. Yeah, that's the sound. We just talked over it. Yeah. Slowly, maybe? That's pretty consistent. Okay. But I am pleased to state, with certainty... That the demon Azeroth will in no way... Where's everybody going? I was trying to trying to make a sound. You see people leaving? Like, it's the joke. Remember like when Wesley came in, but they had already heard about the Listen, demon the Azeroth? Music's swelling. <laughs> so you're good. We'll hope it works. Oh, uh, jeez. I'm going to take that away from you. <laughs> <laughs> it would have worked so well if it would have worked. Be quiet. Sorry. My name is Kelly. I'm here to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer with my co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. Daniel, say hello. Hello. Uh, We're here to talk about Earshot. It uh, was originally, it was originally aired. It originally aired September 21st, 1999, as we've discussed multiple times, uh, because the Columbine shooting of the episode was delayed. But we were here. We're doing it. Late, better than never, right? Written by Jane Espenson, which is only the third for the series. Uh, Band Candy and Gingerbread before this, but she's going to do 20 more, including the next one uh, that she has, Harsh Light of Day, season four, Superstar. Uh, Triangle, Checkpoint, and Storyteller, which always highlights for me. Uh, and two episodes of Angels, as well as a bunch of the ep- uh, season eight and nine comic books. So, Directed by Regis Kemble. This is the only episode that he directs of Buffy. Uh, but apparently he was an editor on 32 episodes of the show. So he's kind of a behind-the-scenes guy I never, ever heard of. He also directs one episode of Angel, season one episode called Eternity. Uh, what happened in this episode? Does anybody remember? I think it was pretty straightforward. They're going to the prom. Mm, no. Getting ready for the prom. At the end, they well, are. Well, yeah. Okay, that's fair. It leads right into the prom. It does. You know, season four. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I meant to say this is season four, episode one. Season four, episode negative one? The prequel. Season four, the prequel. Right, it was like two weeks before season four came out. I'm sure people were like, what "What is this? I thought they graduated. All this Larry context. Where was this? I needed it. So much context in this episode. So we open up with Buffy running away from a demon who she kicks the butt of. One of two demons, I guess. It doesn't matter. Uh, she gets goo on her hand and is infected with an aspect of the demon. It says it can infect the host. Infect? Infect? Giles. Hmm? Infect? Buffy can hear everybody's thoughts. <laughs> and it starts off really nice, fun, and games where she's just like, oh, isn't it, isn't it neat what people think? And this is a pretty cool power. Oh, I bet I could use this to hear Angel's thoughts. And then we get a little bit of vampire lore that we didn't need. Didn't need and kind of forget happens uh, where in Buffy can't hear in his head. Just like the mirror casts no reflections, the thoughts are there, but you cannot see them. Well, the thing about fake... You can't get into my mind. How did she... Why not? It's like the mirror. 
the thoughts are there, but they create no reflection in you. So that didn't work out because she was trying to get that juicy hot gossip about Angel's feelings for Faith, the, but they don't exist. According you know, to the him, one so in the fine. coma. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's not in this episode. You would she be isn't. remiss to be like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Faith's in a coma. Why yeah. are we Why dealing are they so worried this? about this? Yeah. God, it's weird to rehash this. Also, we're in the school. I thought we blew that up. Yeah, I thought we blew that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's really strange. Uh, things get worse for Buffy. The telepathy powers she become uncontrollable. She's hearing everything from everyone all the time, and it's like giving her lots of bad feelings, physically and emotionally. And then Angel kills the other demon that ran away mm. in the beginning, chops up its heart, and feeds it to Buffy. So the telepathy power is gone. But while all the hijinks of the telepathy are happening, she hears that someone's going to attack the school. We're going to get Snyder to evacuate the school and just hope the killer's not waiting outside. This time tomorrow, you all know what I've done. I'm sure you understand that I had to do it and that although death is never easy, it's the only way. God, doesn't anyone write in to praise the cheerleaders? We are so unsung. Jonathan Van was the lunch lady the whole time. Anyway, moving on. How did you like the episode? This episode's fantastic. For me. I fucking love this episode. Yes. Yeah. It's great. fantastic. It's just Jane Espenson. Stacia, how did you feel? That's fine. Positive? I like the first half of the episode. So like when everything's still happy, like it's like the good consequences of getting yeah. the aspect of the demon. Yeah. Yeah. Jane Espenson says in the comments here yeah, that it's such yeah. a treat to write for Happy Buffy because so often they have to do like the melodrama stuff that when she's just like giddy and excited about having this new power uh, before everything goes to shit, obviously. So couple of firsts very few but they're here sunnydale high sentinel we learned the name of mm. the newspaper which is going to be huge lovely i mean i know the school already blew up but if it hadn't blown up like this was obviously really a big deal yes <laughs> uh vampires are immune to telepathy we do kind of okay so at the end of season five Willow is using telepathy to talk to the Scoobies while we're planning the attack against Chloe, like when we're at the tower. And Spike is one of those people, and she can get into his mind. She would be able to dominate. Yeah. I don't know why we never did it again. Anyway. Because we already did it one time before, you see. Can't do it three times. Uh, fun facts. Interesting facts. Last time Angel is in Buffy's house is in this episode when he bursts in to feed her the demon heart. Like um, the last time in the correct chronology. Like 19, 20, 21, 22. No, last time. The the last time. Period. Period. Oh, okay. yeah. In the, yeah. In the correct. So not okay. just like in our. But I mean, it, it works both ways, right? Like okay, he's yeah. never on the show. He he wasn't in any of the episodes. 19, 20. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was there. He wasn't in her house. Right. I know. I yeah. realize that now. That's part of, <laughs> that's part of the interesting like, fact. What? What? Uh, the clock tower scene and the uh, Lego scene. Oh, the classroom scene where they're talking about Othello and mm. the clock tower scene was actually written by Joss Whedon and not Jane Espenson. The clock tower is specifically constructed for this episode. It's only in this episode in Graduation Day Part 1, which I did wonder watching this episode again. I was like, when the fuck? Was there always a clock tower? I feel like we would have really done an establishing shot with the clock tower prior to this if it existed. It did not exist. There's actually two versions. They made a clock tower at Torrance High. And then when they're actually doing the scene with Buffy and Jonathan speaking inside the clock tower, it's a soundstage. So double clock tower. A Giles walking into the tree at the end was improvised. Oh, Anthony Stewart had. What a cut up. Feel up to some training? Sure. We can work it after school. You know. If you're not too busy having sex with my mother. Just happened to be walking by a tree. 
Seemed right. I mean, it landed. It had some comedic impact, I feel like. The uh, This episode was actually broadcast in other countries before it was broadcast in America because they didn't get the pushback. I don't know if it still aired in order, but um, it was mm. available sooner than that. And this happens to be Sarah Michelle Gellar, one of her favorite episodes. So she was really pissed about the thing getting pushed back. So that's that on that, everybody. Uh, did I wanted to just have a quick note. I wanted to ask the crowd a couple of things. Uh, what's Othello about? It's a Shakespeare play, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all have our little internal Iagos that tell us our husbands or our girlfriends or whatever don't really love us. We can never really see what's in someone's heart. Othello is black. He's a moor. Yes, which means black. Yeah. And he has an affair with... Desdemona. Yeah. And Iago is hanging out. And isn't Othello a Lion King? I mean, it's Lion King, right? Or is that... Uh, that's no, Hamlet, that's right? that's Hamlet. Oh, right. I'm thinking of Iago the bird. Right, which is Aladdin. Igor? Iago is Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, uh, Aladdin. Ooh. The parrot. <laughs> What's the parrot in The Lion King? Zazu? Zazu. Zazu. Oh, shit. Yeah. Shit. Nice. Another classic Shakespeare <laughs> character. <laughs> okay, so it's just about a people in a relationship, and one of them thinks that. Well, Desdemona yeah. gets poisoned. Othello told Desdemona, Uncle, cover me with a blanket. By the way, what happened to that poison wine? She said, I gave it to you, drank it. Oh, boy, laid him straight. He got up the chair and falling off the plate class and then they changed it to uh lit class and then it was going to be about henry the eighth and anne boleyn and then they were going to do catcher in the rye and then Jesus they finally Christ. landed on a fellow what the fuck guys <laughs> apparently the scene was like really important i was actually well it's funny that you even say that and unfortunately this kind of ruins it for me not only because i like jane Espenson and i thought this was really dope of her because like Every other one of these references are really superficial. That's always like the one catchphrase of the thing mm-hmm. becomes the whole thing. But like this was a pretty relatively in-depth like things going on scene. So I'm kind of bummed that Joss wrote it Yeah, because it was actually good. I mean, she, not that he doesn't do good stuff, but it was really good. It just like I thought it was like Jane just like going crazy. Like I'm going to write a school scene. That's not just like to be or not to be. And sure. It's like that's literally everything. Mm-hmm. And it's so superficial. But this was like, it was really good. Yeah. Well, and I mean, really when they finally came around to it, I thought it was for that reason that it was like, this is appropriate to Buffy and Angel story the, in the moment. Um, Jane also said that if a line was really particularly good, mm-hmm. that Joss probably wrote it. So I think that kind of, she's just, that. she knows who butters her bread. <laughs> that is true. That's fair. <laughs> and, and the Oz thing. So like Oz's whole thing, Obviously, like Buffy's Don't reading thoughts. Me. Don't tell me. She initially just had him getting like tripped up in this cyclical thinking of if she can hear this, then she can hear this, oh, and she can hear this, and, you know, which would have been great. But he was like, no, no, make it something that Nietzsche would have said. Yeah. So, but she still read it. Yeah, she still oh, wrote okay, it. Okay, yeah. so but he. Yeah, he just. Oh, it's fine. Steered. I I I have belief that he is the invisible hand guiding people, but I, I just want her to write it. She's so fucking funny. She's like so good. nobody can take that away from her. No. Anyway. I don't know what's going to happen. That was kind of an anticlimax. Telepathy. That's what we're here to talk about, right? No, just briefly, because I just thought it was interesting. Because I wanted to know. Are, that's definitely not real, right? Like, we're not... I mean, scientifically, on any level, telepathy, not real, right? I, well, I don't think so. Don't animals... Oh, you weren't asking a question. Well, so that's rhetorical. The thing. If we're, like, okay, if we're talking about can 
people or beings communicate without speech? Absolutely. We do that all the time with gestures, with like uh, body language, right? Like in sense, animals do sense all the time. So if you're thinking telepathy just means you're not actually vocalizing a thought, then we, yes, we do that organically all the time already. However, I think we're all thinking cartoon style, which Buffy exhibited, where I can read someone's thoughts. We can't do that, but we did send the word bird across like four countries from, what was it? From France to Spain. Yeah. So, okay. what does that mean? We sent the word bird. We sent the word bird. The okay. word is the bird. <laughs> the bird. Bird is the word. Famously. So thoughts are just electrical impulses, just like anything else in our body, right? So if you could, theoretically, and people have done in certain circumstances, have surgery to like implant electrodes in, straight into your brain, you could capture those nerve synapses and see where they were firing and kind of recreate stuff. So theoretically, if you had somebody focus on anything like... A bird. A bird, sure. I'm thinking right now the word bird. The little electrode in my brain is picking up that when I think the word bird, this is the thing it does. So connected to a computer, you could maybe understand that word bird, right? Yeah, sure. Can't say bird anymore or the word word. The word. <laughs> it's like what bird is too, too much. Uh, but since that's incredibly invasive and dangerous to have cranial surgery for, of any kind. What? There's also a thing that I'm sure everybody's seen in sci-fi shows, which is like a, a net around your head, exterior, like that's full of EEG things, which stands for this really long word, electrodencephalography. EEG is why everyone says that instead of electrodencephalography because that's ridiculous. Anyway, it's like a little net with electrodes on it that sits on top of your head. It's not as accurate because it has to go through, you know, your skin and your skull and all that kind of stuff. Uh, And then that word, whatever the fluid's called between your brain and your skull, it has a very specific word and I didn't know that before today. That can kind of do the same thing as having this little electrodes plugged directly into your brain. So it's picking up, if you put it over your visual cortex, It'll pick up the little electrical signals it's sending. So this is what they did. They had somebody in France hooked up to an EEG that was hooked up to a machine that she would, they did it in Morse code. So it's not really legit. It's not like she thought the word bird it came out and it showed a picture of a bird on the screen or anything like that. It was, she would move her arm or move her hand or her foot to indicate yes or no, like an on-off switch binary, right? So using that and like a Morse code type of system, she would open and close her hand or, or move her foot to indicate the letters and then the other person on the other side of the world hooked up to an EEG as well they had this magnetic resonating something whatever it's a big magnet on their visual cortex so they would see flashes of light on the peripheral vision indicating the morse code pattern and by that they were able to say oh it's bird those letters mean bird i got bird so that's pretty wild not definitely not telepathy as we would think not nearly as fast or actually hearing someone's thoughts but being able to me have little flickers in my brain transmitted to someone else's directly into their brain it's pretty weird it was happening out in the hallway i mean principal snyder has walked like an egyptian stuck in his head and the boys of this school are seriously disturbed so that's as close as we are telepathy wise no thanks <laughs> no thanks but I'll one just day look at a bird. one day but we've been able to do other stuff right like um having those 
things directly in the brain that you've been able to help people that were using prosthetic limbs. They've been able to oh, control yeah, stuff, which is really yeah. rad. Uh, somebody moved a, a mouse's tail once. They connected mm-hmm. a person to a mouse. I'm like, what? what I, okay. That starts Oh, no. Like, that's soon military application. We're going to be controlling an army of fucking frogs or something. Anyway, telepathy. I am my thoughts. If they exist in her, Buffy contains everything that is no, me, no, and she becomes me. I cease to exist. <laughs> well, Buffy. Buffy just gets it all. Buffy does get it all. So originally, they apparently wanted to... They, being Jane Espenson, were, were pivoting back. We've pivoted. Telepathy lesson over. Thank yes. you for coming to my TED Talk. So they wanted to have Buffy's... No no characters would be inside of her head. It would just be her voice. And I thought... I'm glad that they didn't do that. Because you know when she hears Xander's thought, it's Xander's voice. When she yeah, hears yeah. Cordelia's thought. I think it would be really confusing if it was in Buffy's voice. And I try to imagine like how that would be... And I don't think that you could really get away with that. It's a lot of voice work. She would be in a booth for a long time. (laughs) She really would. And they were considering not having her be able to hear, like, not broadcasting the thoughts at all. Like, you know, when she's in the hallway and that guy's, like, skeeving on her, you wouldn't hear Mm. his voice or her voice. You would just see her reaction. Mm. And I was like, that, and that worked really well in the Joyce scene, obviously. But, like, you kind of need it for the, like, if you want any of the comedy or context, you kind of have to be able to hear the people's voice. Well, that's why she's excellent because she did both of them. She did all of it. She uh, like oh, being shocked answer. by Joyce, like that was one of the funniest moments of the whole show. Yeah, and it relied on not hearing it. That's right. the point. Um, I've uh, I've got laundry. Why are you? You had sex with Giles. You had sex with Giles. It was the candy. We were teenagers on the hood of a police car. I'll be downstairs. You feel better. Twice. Yeah, and we could just kind of flip in and out, in and out. I think it worked really well. It didn't seem gimmicky, and it all was like really punchy and really well written. I think that the whole celebrity thing was played incredibly well. But let's uh, let's have somebody else talk about the episode because I've been talking forever. So, so I don't know, Daniel. What do you got? <laughs> We're too juicy, Lucy. What is happening to you that's suddenly a thing? Who hurt you? It's your fault you kept saying I said Lucy Goosey first, didn't I? I did not say anything involving Lucy Juicy. See, I said we were going to make this episode of Lucy Goosey. And then I was like, isn't there a cheeseburger named the Juicy Lucy? And now. Now we're lost. Yes. To stay on telepathy, I thought it was interesting just how all of the characters' mental thoughts were basically like their personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we had Xander, who was mortified. Like in this in the library when they first learned that she can do it, right? Um, his like, oh god, that was excellent, brilliant, comedic, all that kind of stuff. I think about sex all the time. That's Sander Cordelia thinking about the thing just before she says it. So Cordelia, no uh, filter, no filter. Uh, Willow being insecure and even thinking like she's gonna know us, uh, not in like they're gonna be in love kind of way. Just right. like she's gonna know something that I don't, and that's frustrating, and I don't know why. Um, Oz being philosophical was great. Even even Giles, like, sort of rationalizing, but also a lot like Cordelia, sort of just saying what he's thinking uh, was really interesting. I like all those little touches. Yeah, James not said to say that was like about Wesley, which is gross. Writing a scene for 14 people, right? Because not only do you have the characters, what they're saying out loud, but you also have their voices in their heads, which I was like, yeah, that's a lot to, to orchestrate. What's it like, Buffy? I don't know. I mean, it's a little weird, but. Like, please don't for a second think that I don't need you, because I do. I want to share this with you. It's like... What am I going to do? I think about sex all the time. Sex. Help. 
Four times five is 30. Five times six is 32. Naked girls, naked women, <laughs> naked Buffy. Oh, stop me. Oh, God. I don't see what this has to do with me. I don't see what this has to do with me. All these doors are opening to all these little worlds, and I can just walk right inside. No one else exists either. Buffy is all of us, we think. Therefore, she is. She knows so much. She knows what Oz is thinking. God, Xander, is that all you think about? Actually, bye. <laughs> well, I think it's great, right? I mean, you enjoy your other Slayer powers. Yeah, it'll be fun. And did you see Nancy Doyle's face in English class today? Yeah. She's, She's hardly even human anymore. How can I be your friend now? She doesn't need me. No, I do need you. I never knew that. Before long, she'll know him better than I do. No, don't think that. I can't help it, Buffy. I'm sorry, I just can't. Uh, if you don't need me, I'm gonna follow the redhead. I thought that uh, Oz was particularly great, not just because of like the philosophizing, self-reflection kind of stuff, but also that his outward only act, outward reaction is because like mm-hmm. that's that's so great it's like the duck thing right like on top of the water completely still underneath just going a mile a minute which is really nice because oz is so monosyllabic all the time and she said it was a lot really hard to write for oz because he spoke so infrequently that it was like everything he has to say is going to be super important and pithy and like perfect and i and it was yeah so. and it was but that's so true like you remember so many of oz's lines because they're infrequent and because they're always fucking great right dingoes ate my baby played their instruments as if they had Plump Polish sausages taped to their fingers. Sorry, man. No, it's fair. Uh, Xander, during that scene, I get it that you think about sex all the time, but do you literally just think the words sex? Like, that's well, me. that's where this sort of breaks down, <laughs> right? Because right? I mean, like Buffy goes to use her skills in a classroom where what the I mean admittedly she used it on the students who would in theory be thinking about what they're being taught but she straight up read the dissertation subject of the teacher who like would not be thinking about that right that's like we're just saying like she is basically going invasively into their brains and like taking stuff out that person is not or she just thinking that, that teacher is so narcissistic that she has a running monologue of her own fucking paper just constantly in her head like oh god well i just so think about brave. it for myself it's like we all think 24 7 but it would be weird to have it vocalized because i i don't know if i think like a person talking right you know what i mean so it's really interesting to think like maybe she is thinking about that and weirdly it gets vocalized maybe it's best not to think too hard about it because it probably would just be a jumble like it was at the cacophony at the end where she's just hearing all the it wouldn't even be it would just be words or images like see that's obviously you can't for the 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 show you can't really if buffy is seeing what they're seeing in their brain if that makes sense like whatever they're visualizing she also is visualizing it wouldn't really work Unless they did some weird like dream hallucination thing, which nobody wants that. No. Uh, so you kind of have to vocalize it with Xander's thinking about sex by saying the word sex, yes. unless he was just like graphically saying boobs <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, worse, way worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I get it for that aspect, but it just comes off a little clunky. Although, how weird. dope was it when everything faded away and we got the what was it? This time tomorrow, I'll kill you all. <laughs> fucking great. That was some Voldemort shit, man. That was fucking That was. That's awesome. what I said. Yeah. You have a weak one. And you'll never know love. Or friendship. And I feel sorry for you. It's yeah. just like, I mean, I got goosebumps. I was like, this 
fucking episode is so good. <laughs> like way better than so many in the season. It's just fucking scary. You're like, oh my God, what? And the fact that she just had that reaction afterwards, especially right before that, I think we learned about the guy because Wesley and Jaws were trying to fix her. And they learn like only one other person has d- done it, mm-hmm. and he's living in seclusion up on the top of a mountain or something. Right, which would have been cool if they even tried to like go get him or something. But I'm glad they didn't go down that. They should have mailed the rest run. of that potion to him. Right. I hope someone did. Right. Shit. <laughs> you, <laughs> one sip, that thing was you, still full. <laughs> no, they did not. Yeah. Also, they, did they not. probably don't have an address. But you could. Do you totally... think Angel was like, "Hey, do you want to send this to your friend in that cave?" And, and Giles is like, "Meh." <laughs> Don't care. Eh, he's fine. I, I literally have tons of demon friends who could definitely find out for me. Uh, There's a one-time income mommy girl, right? She came. Mm-hmm. She came by. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe we can uh, hit her up. You're right, Impata. And it's time we do. We're not in archaeology club. We're in. Uh... <clears throat> We're in the crime club, which is kind of like the chess club, only with crime and um, no chess. Apparently, that goo that. Uh... That cool. Demon Heart was in. It was actually like fluorescent something or whatever, so it wasn't it. It was really bright. It wasn't a special effect. It yeah, no, just it like definitely was. Highlighter wasn't. that somebody had left in some water and actual chunks of meat. But luckily, there's like a seal inside. Luckily, intentionally, there was a seal inside the bottle so that when they pour it. Oh, so it like went to the end, but there's like a little water. Oh, no, great acting. Meat. I think there's nothing. Oh, she. Yeah, I think. Wow, she didn't even take a sip I at know. all. Just like caliber. SMG. Of SMG, I know. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, the only other thing I can think is Buffy and Angel. So it was interesting because we left her where she was like, I'm breaking up with you, right? That's where they left off. Because they went through the sex dungeon thing and she was like, I'm not in a dungeon. And then they fought Faith, right? (laughs) They fought Faith (laughs) at his sex dungeon. Right, yes, yes. And then, and then at the end of it, he was like, you did good, girl. And and she's like, yeah, we did great. We're a great team. You still my girl? That's right. That is the last thing he says to her in enemies, I think. No, well, but doesn't she like walk away? She's like, I can't do this anymore. No, she just says always. No, so they they, but they broke up. They, they break walk... up in a sewer during the prom. In the Shit. next episode, they break up. So they, they've been a little hot and cold this season. Okay, well, in my head, they're cold. And so, and we get some more of that. Like, honestly, this is such an important episode for... Just for the faith stuff. Like, I, all the stuff about are you tracking me or tracking her? Like, great shit. Yeah. And... Honestly, jumping right to the prom fucking doesn't make any sense, especially now um, where we know what happens with Buffy and Angel and then watching this live. Fuck. What the hell? Why is this happening? Yeah. Um, it would not be not be fun. We miss a lot of like. So for Earshot, it's interesting because Stacia, you've even pointed out before that this is one of your favorite episodes, but you don't really think about it. When you think about season three, you always say the one where Buffy can hear everybody's thoughts, right? Like mm. that when it, constantly comes to mind and yet for some reason I wasn't expecting to put this episode so high like in the end I really ended up enjoying this and then you kind of like is it just because we haven't watched an episode in so long is it because we like don't remember all the things that happened in the season but I think this episode is is just really good and important and it's it sucks that it didn't get aired in order because the Larry stuff you need it so Mm. much and like the Buffy and Angel stuff, I feel like you can kind of get away with it because in the prom, they're so explicit about the most, the triggering thing being the conversation with Joyce and then the conversation with uh, the mayor that being so influential on Angel like this. But you remember how creepy he was in the sewer. What? When they Angel. break up in the prom? All, everything he said oh, in the sewer. Yeah. Well, 
you get more context with the creepiness here. He was so creepy in this one too. He says, "Oh my god, yeah." I won't let anything happen if I can help it. And let's like, what are you gonna do, man? If she sprouts a tail, what are you gonna do? <laughs> no matter what, I'll always be with you. I love you, even if you're covered in slime. Ugh. Yeah, he, I'm two in 243 years. I've only loved one person. That fucking bullshit lie. lie. That is a lie. That is a lie. I think ding, Darla ding, ding. comes back to life specifically just so that Angel can feel. Oh, and just be like, you did love me. Fuck you, dead again. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> fucking liar. Yeah, there's a, a, a at some point in one of the scenes between the two of them, Buffy and Angel. He just looks like a kicked puppy. He's just like, do you love me? I, I just need your validation, child. I'm a grown man who's never loved anyone but you. There's a moment in the commentary where Jane Espen says that she misses writing for Buffy and Angel because she really enjoyed doing it, and she said. Their, their relationship is, is it's problematic, not in the way that you might think because he's a vampire and she's a slayer. And I was like, go on, go on. Go on. <laughs> Are we going to admit to this being pedophilia? And she's like, but because they're a boy and a girl. I was like, what? And so they're going through boy-girl things where he's that communicative and she wants to know what he's thinking, but she won't just outright ask him. I was like, why are we doing... Jane! <laughs> Jane! Oh, no. There was an obvious... She knows who butters her bread. <laughs> Well, you know exactly, Joe. Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> she can't be honest. About I mean, this. they must have to put that out of their head to, right? Like, oh, yeah, 100. percent Oh, yeah. That. He's just a teenager. Yeah, he's still th- he's still an old man, even in the world. Well, yeah, we've discussed Come that on. multiple times. He's still 26, and she's 16. So, oh, but he's 243. Never forget. Jesus Christ. Be careful with this gift. A lot of things that seem strong and good and powerful, they can be painful. Like, say, immortality? Exactly. I'm dying to get rid of that. Funny? I'm a funny guy. The last thing I got is the school shooting itself. I mean, which is kind of the reason why nobody watched this in time. Uh, It was was crazy. I have six points on, on the school shooting slash suicide. Number one, how is he going to kill himself with that gun? I asked that. Yeah, so I think... I think it would make sense that Jonathan would be like, what? I was going to kill myself, not anybody else. But I'd be like, don't believe you. Yeah, so I would say that you could you could do it. It wouldn't be the first choice, but we needed... I mean, it's clearly there because we needed the diversion, right? Or not diversion, but um, the mislead, right? It was a, it was deftly done. It was a great mislead. I, was, I genuinely forgot that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. And like, re- yeah. they really like had Buffy's face and then like... We faded out of the scene. Like that was good shit. Oh, that was it's just great. too bad that he had a fucking enormous sniper right. rifle or whatever. Like if he had like a, a cache of of handguns mm-hmm. or something, then it would be like, oh, well, a cache would be wrong. You gotta have one, right. one handgun. Right. But then you don't believe. You know, you don't believe for a second. You he's gonna he's sit gonna, there and shoot. Right. I mean, you I could, get it. But... I get it. But I just wanted it to stop. Yeah. Well, mass murder. Not really. Doctor recommended for that kind of pain. Besides prison, you know, it's a lot like high school only instead of noogies. What are you talking about? Actions, having consequences, you know, stuff like that. Well, I, I wouldn't ever hurt anybody. I came up here to kill myself. Yeah, they uh, weren't, sh- it was going to possibly be a random student. We met a lot of random students this episode. R.I.P. Freddie Iverson, R.I.P. Nancy Doyle. Oh, they died at no, the graduation. Die, but we never see them again, oh, okay. right? And, uh, oh. Um, You're saying oh, they didn't fight for the school? Hogan Martin. Oh, Hogan Martin. Never yeah, forget. Yeah. Hogan Martin thinks he's so hot. Like we should all be awed by him because he can put a ball in a net. Hey, Xander. He said my name. He knows my name. Oh, I'm sure they were there. 
And we don't know. If they could have died, but they could not have. I mean, we did go through the list of the people that we know died. They weren't on it. Damn. But it's it's too bad. Even Jane really liked writing for Nancy. I, I thought they were great characters. Too bad we'll never see them again. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, where the fuck was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So they were going to have a rando be Jonathan, right? They're whomever. I mean, he's always been a background character. But uh, Jane, because they weren't sure that Danny Strong could do it, which is like hilarious to think now because Danny Strong's like not only an actor, actor, but like a writer and a directs too, I think. Yeah, does it all. Yeah, so I'm glad that Jane pushed for him to be it. It makes so much more sense. She does care about the story that they've told so far. I think her almost more than anyone else, and maybe because she came on later than everybody else, so far at least. She was a fan. That she was a fan of the show, and like it mattered that we've talked about these things before. So Jonathan makes perfect sense. He's a guy that's been there but never been the the focal point and well and we don't know anything about him so like it was a really good nuanced talk it was better than like the metal music made me do it right, it was, right. like it was really like in. or even like i'm sad and she's like fucking we're all sad motherfucker like it's just it was really good to not have like a talking pointy like suicide is bad or murdering is right. bad like just like what is going on my guy and then like i'm gonna try to like i'm just gonna talk to you yeah. it was I, it was well done for what it was and, and the through line being that this isn't a reasonable response to right. what you're feeling yeah which is like all nor of this, suicide either one right yeah and this is also relevant obviously today all the time like unfortunately the america we live in like all this like thanks buffy for saying that stuff and, and jane said that they didn't actually receive a lot of negative criticism for this episode the way that they handled it she was expecting people to be uh, a lot feeling have a lot of feelings because of the Columbine stuff, but she, like because they had a little bit of distance, she was kind of glad after the fact that it got pushed back. Yeah. But she thinks that they, you know, that conversation specifically was important for people to hear because it's true. Like, yeah, it's, you, everyone has pain, man. You just need to take Jonathan, put your arm around him, and say, "Look beyond the docks, over there, you see Sunnydale by the sea. <laughs> That's your future, Jonathan. The future is bright. It's gonna be fine. That you see Sunnydale." Just across the way. I didn't see you, so I should have known you were there. We can see it from this watch tower. <laughs> this clock tower that's always been here. It's always been here. And that university that's definitely here in universe <laughs> right now. Uh, also, Cordelia had some, some. I mean, th- like that was definitely a theme throughout. Cordelia talking about school shootings and then mm-hmm. Oz saying, you know, it's basically a fad at this point. Mm-hmm. It's all very relevant today. I'm still having trouble with the fact that one of us is just going to gun everybody down for no reason. Yeah, because that never happened in American high schools. It's bordering on trendy at this point. Besides which, Sunnydale High, center of evil and all that. Cordelia being mad, uh, Jonathan leaving the note, but giving no praise to the cheerleaders. Another great through for the episode. Mm-hmm. Like her just looking for that praise for the cheerleading and never getting it uh, was fantastic. Um, Xander's comment being cut. I think you said that before uh, about the semi-automatic who doesn't idly yeah. think about shooting. I think it was wise to cut that line. Yeah, um, that and then the uh, yeah the semi-automatic and then I think there was something else. Oh, the bordering on trendy might have been a mm, line too. She, ooh, Jane mentioned a couple. She was like, there was two jokes in there that just like were not funny, and time or distance wasn't going to change that. Like given the context of the situation, so I'm glad that you know we those kind of things got. Taken and the most again. important part is that Buffy ran up a building to get to. <laughs> Which was unexpected on my end and one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed in my life. Yeah, Jane was really stoked about that. I mean, props to the stunt woman. And it, it there wasn't anything particularly goofy about it other than, like, I don't know, Stacia pointed out how is that her running up the side banister concrete thing faster than going, going, up, going the up, up the actual stairs. Because theoretically she could have... <laughs> still... <laughs> there it is. That looks so good. Like... Her just running up there at speed and then jumping onto the 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 ledge or whatever the 
end of the roof is is enough. But the, the, why did we do have to do the flip? Like her just muscling the up there. The flip is the best part. <laughs> like, be little reminders that she's a superhero. We need them so really. I mean, they really don't come that often. You it's would true. kind of expect them to be more prevalent, but man. I thought we were going to... So good. It's like I've never watched the show or this episode 6,000 times. I thought for a second we were going to do the classic uh, superhero gun bending, the, where you bend Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. I that was going to happen. She's like, oh, well, I, she probably even kind of alluded to it. She's like, you know what I could do right Well, yeah, now. I could have taken that from you at any time, but yeah, I thought she was going to go for the uh, Superman style, whatever. Yeah, uh, I don't know why they felt the need to to make her do a full ass flip all i wanted to know, that room. as long as jane wanted it <laughs> then i'm good this was the greatest decision ever it was integral to the plot <laughs> it was joss yeah to get rid of it yeah get rid of it put it in your episode man don't be doing this to jane although i loved it stop saying my name like we're friends we're not friends you all think i'm an idiot a short idiot I don't. I don't think about you much at all. Nobody here really does. Bugs you, doesn't it? You have all this pain, all these feelings, and nobody's really paying attention. You think I just want attention? No, I think you're up in the clock tower with a high-powered rifle because you want to blend in. Well, in an episode that's been very disorganized let's just keep this train on rolling and just start yelling shit at each other because that's kind of what we've been doing this whole time anyway Daniel, what do you have to say for yourself we get a continuation of the percy willis storyline and the show is better off for it yeah that's another thing that we percy's a real person so when you see him in season four you're like i've seen that guy in three whole episodes instead of just the paltry two i know Stacia? who's percy <laughs> Percy, who thought that Willow was in Doppelgangland, was attacked by Willow. Mm-hmm. And so she's been... You uh, want us to meet? He's, yeah. He's been a study partner of Willow's oh. since... Oh, the guy that was scared about, like... The I basketball player. Roosevelt it was. Yeah, so yes, yeah, yeah. both. That's exactly. Percy. Okay. Yeah, because okay, okay. he thought Doppelgangland person <laughs> okay, was okay, okay, okay. I know who that is now. I gotcha. Percy. That's the best answer ever, though. <laughs> who? Know. Did you finish the reading? Most of it. Percy. I'll finish it at lunch. That's my little trooper. I don't know what you're doing to him. I actually heard him complete a sentence. Had a clause and everything. You watch the game, right? Wouldn't miss it. See you, Hogan. What? <laughs> um, T-O-M. It's Tom. <laughs> she, I didn't catch that one before. <laughs> he really just spelled Tom. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Their spelling's gotten better. <laughs> Jane has been says in the commentary... About the Joyce Giles scene, which we'll do a little bit oh, more of. But oh. she said somehow fans didn't know that Joyce and Giles had had sex. And I guess I just wanted America to know that. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is fucking perfect. How do you not know that? It's like the most heavily implied ever. But I guess we implied. do cut, cut away while they're making out. Yeah. So whatever. Come on, you know. Uh, I love how Willow was like, too bad you can't come to the basketball game because you're patrolling tonight, as if it's not her job to patrol. Like, if she wasn't patrolling, no one's patrolling. It's kind of a dick move on Willow's part (laughs) to just be like, sorry, you can never hang out. Because literally, who else is going to do it? You know? God, I've never really thought about that. That bugged me, too. Yeah. Hate it. Block it. Station. Uh, French babies learn it. Idiot. Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> all of those all of those all the thoughts, thoughts in the hallway are, so are fantastic 
They didn't know the mayor was going to turn into a snake. At episode 18 of season three, Jane was like, uh, the reason why the scene happens in the library with Wesley and Giles where they're like, the demon Azeroth will not be making oh. appearance. She's like, because we had no fucking idea what the de- the mayor was going to end up looking like. I was like, that is the most on-brand thing you've said mm-hmm. about this show, Jane has been saying. We've been researching the uh, mayor's forthcoming ascension. It's pretty riveting stuff. What do we know? What don't we know? Tell it, Jazz. Uh, upon learning that Buffy is infected, Giles does the right thing and advises her to not take care of the pest and allow it to continue to roam about Sunnydale undisturbed. He oh, says, yeah. don't go, don't go after it. Why would you like, not go after what? it? what? And then at the end, it's like, we need to get it. Well, you could, you could have had Buffy take care of it the Why first not? time. Yeah. Very bad. Bad look for Giles. Yeah, true. Although those demons were apparently so ineffective and low risk that they didn't even get a name. They are unnamed telepathic demon. Wow. Which I feel like they were pretty good about naming. I like the the design. It was really neat. Very predator-like. Like like how hard is it to name like like, Google Thorpe or whatever? Just throw it out there so that it's in there for the lexicon, right? They love the lore, so that's... Yeah, right? Surprising. Come on, Jane. Come on. The demons are telepathic. I should have known. That's why they don't need mouths. Of course. The demons are telepathic. I know. You just told me. That's why they don't need mouths. And you should have known. Uh, after Buffy makes the comment about Joyce having sex with Giles, she's like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be bye and like leaves. And I'm like, don't pretend like it's the telepathy thing that's making you leave right now, Joyce. Exactly. Uh, you got to stay away from Joyce this episode. And that cow, the cow shirt that she's Second wearing. best pajamas so on Buffy. Good. Cow pajamas. First best. Gummy sushi pajamas. Looking at you season four. Ready for it. So good. And just yelling at Joyce. I mean, at first I was like, oh, yeah. Lay into her. And then I was like, oh, my God. Are you really saying that? Oh, my God. (laughs) Also, I love that Joyce is just casually thinking about fucking Giles. Like, just randomly. (laughs) Well, I'm assuming, which I have no context for, or basis for, but I'm assuming it's the same way that Xander reacted, where it's like, oh, you can read thoughts? What's the one thing I don't want you to know (laughs) immediately? I don't own a gallery. (laughs) (laughs) I don't own a gallery. At least she didn't think that. I'm actually an arms dealer. When you came (laughs) home and all those crates were in your room, yeah, awkward. (laughs) Uh, Freddie's editorial. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought Freddie Prince Jr. It's a little SMG. They're married, you know. Um, but no, Freddie Iverson, never forget. Uh, he he said, what, something like, pep rallies are a place for pseudo-prostitutes to provoke men into sexual frenzy, which, when thwarted, results in pointless athletic competition mm-hmm. as the cheerleaders are dancing and, and yep. Xander is being Xander. Sex. Yeah. yeah, I mean, his follow-up to that is, what's the problem? What's the problem? Or something into that. But Freddie, just, fr- Freddie's editorial. I mean, come on, guys. Don't introduce Freddie. Apparently, the Pierce Brosnan line, either WB mm. or someone on the show was worried to, that they shouldn't put it in, that Pierce Brosnan might hear about it and not like it. And James was like, I don't think he watches the show. <laughs> like, who th- I mean, and it wasn't negative. Right. I mean, they're saying that Wesley's got his handsome British eyes yeah. on Cordelia. Like, what is he going to take issue with? You'll need a UK passport to check those files. Therefore, British eyes only. Even Jane Espenson commented, I felt so validated, on the lunch lady stunt double. Mm. Oh, stunt double. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite, like... uh, You mean this lunch lady? Yes. With the rat poison? Yes. But moments after that, while they're in the cafeteria property. Property? Properly? Whoa. Uh, Anyway, the lunch lady, when she's... 
going to attack Xander with the cleaver goes from the lunch lady, who's the actress that has been playing the lunch lady the whole time, to a very tiny woman no who's the sun double, and then immediately back to the other actress. <laughs> and it's just like the most egregious continuity error that I've seen in a long time. So it makes me really excited. So when Jane Espenson was commenting, watching, she's like, oh, that's, oh yeah, that doesn't look great. That's very obviously not. Not her. Whoops, we'll call Regis on the line and let him know. <laughs> Come on, Regis. Uh, Oz is a man after my own heart. I, I read the obits. I go straight to the obits. I also go straight to the obits every day. Really? So, yeah. Huh. I think like like my Times dad used to do it. Yeah. 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 It's a great way to learn about history and people. people and yeah, stuff you never, you take for granted. You know, people like this year of diet who invented the toaster and mm-hmm. did cancer stuff and yeah. So, but also. Sunnydale High, really appropriate because people die all the time. Very appropriate. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. that's that's what they were going for. Yeah, I, I think see. that's what the joke was there. I see. Well, I don't have that in my life. But also, Oz is cool, so he goes to the obituary. Well, you know, I like to see that. The Willow-Jonathan scene mirrors the interrogation of Go Fish. Sure does. Which was incredible. And I noticed that myself. I didn't even look that up. So you wanted revenge, didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah, Okay. So, you delved into the black arts and conjured up a hell beast from the ocean's depths to wreak your vengeance. Didn't you? What? No. Yes. (laughs) Newspaper headlines. Teachers fail competency exam. Uh, SHS welcomes new exchange student from Spain. Razorbacks looking ahead for sports awards banquet. Dropout finds happiness. Makeup artist Cameron Rodriguez, role model for young Latinas. Oh. SAT's looming. Apathy on the rise. No one cares. Student council fails to meet quorum for a third time. Oh. Those are all of our headlines oh. for the whatever. I always uh, called. only pick out the apathy on the rise. No one cares. Yeah. Ah! Pretty, pretty good. Okay, Oz, you got me. What are your friends going to do? Hold me down? You better believe it, Buster. And then the final thing. What does the mulligans do? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I wrote that down and then forgot all about it. What the fuck is mulligans do? The only time I've ever heard the word mulligan is when you're playing a game that involves cards. Maybe uh, you've heard it by its other names. A burgoo? A Brunswick stew? A stone soup? A booyah? What? See, I've been saying for years that the lunch lady's going to do us all in with that mulligan stew. Xander. I mean, what the hell's a mulligan? Are you saying- None of those, man. I feel like an Australian thing. It's actually uh, in the, it was first cited in 1926 in the Dictionary of Americanisms. It is a hobo term. Yeah, so it's in a book called You Can't Win. The author is Jack Black, not that Jack Black. (laughs) Um, And the the line itself was, uh, he's crazy as a bed bug and the best mulligan maker on the road. Uh, The first reference is actually by a lady called Grandma Dolly in Birch Manor, South Dakota. Don't even know where that is. She said, quote, another traveler described the operation of making mulligan. Five or six hobos join in this. One builds a fire and rustles a can. Another has to procure meat, another potatoes. Uh, One fellow pledges himself to obtain bread, and still another has to furnish onion, salt, and pepper. If a chicken can be stolen, so much the better. The, uh, The whole outfit is placed in a can and boiled until it is done. If one of the men is successful in procuring java, an oyster can is used as a coffee tank. And this is also put there on the fire to boil. Incidentally, it may be mentioned that California hobos also always put a snipe in their coffee to give it a delectable amber color and add to the aroma. Snipe is hobo for the butt end of a cigar that smokers throw down on the streets. All hobos have large quantities of snipes in their pocket, both for chewing and for smoking purposes. A beggar stew is a mulligan without any meat. 
oh my god oh what a wonderful little fact that was great you're welcome wow i had no idea it's a real thing and she tried to kill him with the mulligans too so xander in the end was right he was because the show needs to validate Xander being right all the time well it wasn't in this is it wasn't in this too it was in the jello but yes the idea that he was she was going to kill them with their with the food period was pretty great yeah he was right all along he that's like that happens more than once Right. Oh yeah, where Xander's been the one that was right all along, where he says something ridiculous, but then it's that ridiculous it thing in the end. Ri- yeah, they do like, and that. that was it. Yeah, wow, Mulligan, never. So it's just like a peasant soup, just like what? Oh, it's like a, all of those other ones are like um, communal soups. Right, right, right. Oh, so like that's an aspect of it, particularly mm-hmm. not not only yeah, one of, all of them bring something to wow. the table. Wow, we're upset about the sniping part. We're upset about this. The at, oh yeah, the, that's real the gross. butt end of the yeah. 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 I'm gonna put a fucking so cigar in my coffee. Yeah. Why would that ever seem like a good idea? Who knows? We got to talk to the hobos. No one knows. Jack Black, get him on the horn. Yeah. I'm going to call. He disappeared. No one knows what happened to him. No, I'm going to call Jack Black as a. Oh, the. the, Jack Black. Yeah. Can you explain yourself? Can you explain yourself? Please. He disappeared in 1930. And now you're here, though. Why aren't people talking about finding you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, you look good for 100 (laughs) something. Are you Angel? Oh, maybe. Whoa. Yeah, for a minute there, I thought you were going to make an expression. Well, I felt one coming on, I won't lie. You want to tell me uh, about some watches? Definitely no one happened. I'm going to give us a little update. Yeah, I think it's the only one. Xander Button Down Tank Top Watch. Definitely happened. Christmas edition. Amen. Yeah. It was terrible. His, <laughs> his button down was horrible. Uh, as for the rest, though, Maroon Jacket, nah. Right. Nice. Right? Uh, Giles being mean to Oz. Um, if, if he was ever mean to Oz, I feel like we would have heard it in the mind. So this mm-hmm. thus concludes... Our watch has ended. The watch has ended. All right. Giles is really not mean to Oz. Right. Except for the one time where it might actually happen. I don't in season rem- four. All right. The watch no, for I mean, season four started. Uh, Devin watch. Not, nah, but we got Percy, who I feel like is the poor man's Devin. Martin. R.I.P. Uh, we didn't even talk about the interrogation scene, like the FBI interrogation thing. Yeah, like right, with yeah. Oz. Holy shit. That was hilarious. Hogan being like, I want to get this right. This is for the yearbook? Yeah. Personality profiles. Uh, can you ask it again? Sure. Do you ever feel that you've created a false persona for yourself, the guy who does everything right, and how much of a strain does it put on you to maintain it? Wow, Uh, I guess moderate strain? Is that a good answer? I want to get this right. Yeah, that's good. Apparently, they were going to ask him, in one of the earlier drafts, Jane had written a question because of the FBI profiles, if he'd like to torture small animals. Mm. And apparently, he was supposed to say... Well, I've never played hamster baseball or anything, but we did used to do, oh, blow up frogs or something like that when I was a kid. Like, and she's like, yeah, that was dark and unnecessary, so we just didn't put it in. I was like, <laughs> baseball. Okay. When you lose, it's bad. <laughs> Dauphin watch. No. Sandy watch. Nope. Michael Wicca. Amy Goth watch. No. Books a million. No, but we got the unnamed book with uh, the likeness of our unnamed character. <laughs> you know and streets ahead no streets to to be had although we're going to talk about streets later on at some point for sure and most dangerous ko of the show for the final time gwen post knocking out giles that guy had a great season three he did really didn't do shit except kind of fuck a lot of stuff up um he did great uh so anyways he almost died by being bludgeoned and thus retires gwen post revelations we'll do a we'll do a big round robin at the end of this the whole show and see what was the worst well, one. But this is the still, winner for season three. Winner for season three, yes. We'll still pick KO, but you don't have to say the words Gwen Post and Revelation. Oh, thank God. Again, Until for the next season. <laughs> Excellent. I'm happy for you. Yes, me too. 
Well, this is as good a time as any to remind everybody that we're a real podcast, and you can find us everywhere at Beat Me Pod. That's like Twitter and Tumblr and all those fun places. We also have a website, beatmepod.wordpress.com. Nope. Is it that still? Mm-hmm. I thought you like converted stuff to Notion. If I did, it would still be at WordPress. I ain't paying okay. for shit. Right, right, fair enough. Beatmepod at WordPress.com, dot WordPress.com, at WordPress.com. Jesus Christ. We also, if you happen to like Spotify, maybe you're listening to us on Spotify. Mm. Well, we can go ahead and just put in your little search bar, beat me hyphen, fun time, playlist, for podcast fans, season three. And that'll contain every song that's available on Spotify that's featured inside of one of the Buffy episodes. Including Bird is the Word. Or anything that's played on one of these little episodes of this here podcast, including apparently Bird the, is word the Word is Bird. Jesus, I hate that song. Uh, and I just want to say, since um, we're out of the woods here, that uh, there was no contest winners. I'm very sad. Yeah. My heart is broken. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I guess you just never will. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. I'm going to throw it down the oh. gauntlet. And I'm going to say, even though the deadline no. has technically no. ended, Stop. the first person... If, even if it's 10 years from now, if there's a, the first person to win the contest can win it in perpetuity, oh. but just the one, whomever the first one is. Well, so if I'm, someone's looking at the Twitter period, because that doesn't really happen. And also in 10 years, <laughs> nine years from now, it's like, oh, I fell asleep with this shit. Oh my God. Let's the rank little this umber kid screaming woke me up. I had to figure oh, yeah. out what's- that did happen in that uh, the show that shall not be named. Yeah. Wow, this was quite the episode. I'm ready to ready to be done. Season three. What a fucking ride. What a non sequitur, non non sequential, not out of order. What a ride. Yeah, <laughs> too bad breaks. it's out of order. It's a bummer. Many breaks, many out of order crap. Willow hacks. We talk about the net now. I couldn't remember again, even though I've watched this so many times, if there was a shot of Willow actually on the computer when she was doing the FBI profiles, but no, I think we came to the consensus. It was, she had already printed them out by the time we're talking about them. So no, no talking about the net, no witchcraft of any kind. Mm -hmm. So only five because nothing happened. Giles looks great. Three piece suit in almost every scene. Fantastic. Giles. uh, Well, Willow also said between you and me, Giles is not doing his best work. Uh, how dare, how dare she? I kind of, what if I say, I believe it. (laughs) Don't care. He's still getting a nine. He calls, he calls Wesley a Burke. A what? Yes. So not to get too deep into the woods, weeds here, but there's this thing called Cockney rhyming slang. Okay. And it's a nightmare puzzle uh, that no one can figure out, even Cockney people. And that was its intention. It was a way for like old timey bandits to talk about stuff without the police knowing. Anyway, so it's a rhyming pair. So the the stereotypical one is, I went up the apples and pears, or I went up the apples because apples and pears rhymes with stairs. It's this whole I heard Idris Elba explain this, it's, and it makes no fucking sense. No, no. I watched a 15-minute YouTube video, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's garbage. Anyway, so Burke, when he calls, because that's not actually a, like a no, slang, like. derogatory, anything, is a Cockney rhyming slang for Berkeley Hunt, the rhyming word would be in that situation that word that starts with C that people really hate. So, whoa, that's what he was calling Wesley, which is whoa. pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. Damn. All right, get it. Giles. Out of nowhere. Get so, it. so he gets a nine. Wow, <laughs> that's good stuff for sass. Uh, Joyce, eight. It was maybe all time high. We were teenagers. Maybe it was candy. High. Gets an eight. Do you have something to say about that? Eight. No. It's great. Eight. That whole scene was magic. She was trying to take care of Buffy, although obviously 
<laughs> she prevailed in that. My well, she was also with her though in the morning. That was sweet. She was like by her bedside. Yeah, that's what sitting I'm by. I know it was oh, really yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Joyce gets in. She seemed genuinely well concerned about the whole scenario. She did. I know it's like a real mom. And they were open about telling her, like, hey, this situation. Buffy's got. I think she's like suffering a lot. Like, let's see. Well, they know we fucked, so let's just like cut the pretense. <laughs> Monster of the week. The unnamed telepathic demons looked really cool. They weren't obviously didn't feature a whole lot in the episode, but I think the obviously their aspect of the demon causing Buffy's wild ride uh, and you know telepathy the whole thing. I think that was that counts as the bad guy, which means that it's a great episode because what a fun concept. Uh, and then also like. The lunch lady, I guess, is the bad guy, right? She's Which been is... in multiple episodes, right? No. No, we haven't seen her before. No. We've been to the cafeteria before, and yeah. I have been served food by people before, oh. not her specifically, no. Hilarious. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just <laughs> I just love this episode, the concept of it, and I would say that that's the monster of the week. Yeah. So, 10. Easy 10. Yeah. Uh, relationships. Only six. Buffy's, like, uh, isolated from her friends the whole th- time, obviously, because they can't be around her because of thoughts, and it's, like, making her feel bad, and that sucks. She's having hard times with Angel. Uh, it just doesn't seem... Everybody's... Uh, even, you know, with Willow, every single person she's interacting with, she's causing them pain unintentionally yeah, because true. she has this burden. With Stop thinking so loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so only six, but uh, we're going to make up for it, I think, here. Episode specific. 10 of 10. 10 of 10. And it's, what what is it going to be? It was candy. We were teenagers. <laughs> she thinks, therefore, we are. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. We think, therefore, she is. Yeah. There we yeah. Go. yeah. Yeah. Because you have to. It has to be an honest line. It's good. So 48, which is super duper high. That yeah. is number five for the season. Nice. Right below the wish and right above band candy. Stacia. Um, I ranked this 23 out of 56. Sweet. It's below Inca Mummy Girl and Gingerbread. And above Graduation Day Part 2 and Dark Age. <laughs> Dark Age featuring in every one of our episodes so far. Really? You well, just keep putting them right in the middle. We're hearing just, Dark Age. We're always around I put Dark it Age. in the wrong spot, and yeah. then I immediately forgot what it was. So now it's ranked way higher than it should yeah. be, and it's just going to forever fuck up I like my rating. To imagine you basically going down, and you're like, where's Dark Age? Let me get a gauge of where I'm looking at. Oh, here we go. This yeah, is, this is where I need right to go. Right above that. <laughs> that. I mean, that's... I guess that's what I did with Graduation Day Part 2, which was the last episode I ranked. <laughs> which doesn't make any sense because this is the wrong order. <laughs> I love this episode. It's so good. Jane Espenson is so good. So good at writing Oz. I love that so much. Uh, Buff- like the scene where Buffy's pouring her heart out to Willow and then Willow woohoos because she hears Percy's <laughs> name. Like that's that's excellent. Excellent. He needs support. He needs support. He's so funny. good. Othello was excellent. The FBI serial killer, pro- you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing was great. Learning that we never see Hogan Martin again mm-hmm. is even better or Freddie Iverson ever again. Or Nancy Doyle. Makes me so happy. Even at the end where it leads right into prom. It's that to me is like it's criminal because as you were saying, seems like she really loves Buffy, respects the story of Buffy mm-hmm. unlike some other people and it's like this was a perfect lead-in and it's so it sucks that you don't get to have that right even her just being like what am i saying buffy like funny mm-hmm. funny and G- even giles being like well glad to know you're back to your you know yourself which is which is really nice i mean so. that, she saves the the school the world all the time and the students are obviously aware of it which is why we get the class protector thing at the prom but this really does you're right set it up so perfectly mm-hmm. like she literally just stopped a kid from killing himself and, and he's about to give the speech and it's yeah. like that there's a lot more weight on there. otherwise it's like when was the last time we saw 
Jonathan, like in the <laughs> hallway sometime. Like it, that, mm-hmm. that is kind of the bummer of prom. Like it doesn't, that doesn't really land the way that it would, especially now. Right. Well, it's nice to be able to help someone in a non-slaying capacity. Except he's starting to get that look. You know, like he's going to ask me to prom. Well, it'd probably be good for his self-esteem if, if you... Um... Oh, come on. What am I, St. Buffy? He's like three feet tall. Um, the music was also divine. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't even matter. This is such a great standalone episode that it really doesn't dilute anything. It just it would make other things better. Mm. Um, so I put it at... I think I said I put it at number seventeen overall. Um, it's actually the fourth wow. of the series of the whole series, uh, so it's one behind Doppelgangland, um, and it's a couple behind Band Candy, also written by Jane at number mm-hmm. twelve, and the Zeppo at number eight. So seventeen, seventeen, super high. Yeah, That's I great. definitely would have ranked this a lot lower back in the day. So this one, I it's so much fun. I can't mm-hmm. believe how funny this was and it's always good for me when i'm doing when i'm taking photos and stuff for the website and for twitter and all that shit this thing took me like two and a half hours to watch because it's just so funny it is. i just want to like go back and listen you know capturing the audio for it i'm just listening to the entire bit of audio again because it's just so funny and then i'll go back and re-watch the scene again because it was so funny that's when you quote. know you're like in a good place unlike like the worst episodes where you're just trying to get through yeah well, that's like, Jane, I'm so excited to watch Checkpoint again because it's the same, like, just joke after joke and the, the premise is just funny to begin with. And Storyteller. I mean, Storyteller. Incredible. Yeah. So, Jane Espison, freaking hero. But season three's over. I know. Season three is over. That's weird. I I, I would probably have more of a, like, we did that a little bit with Graduate We Day defeated the two. mayor. Yeah. <laughs> Who we didn't know was going to be a snake until yesterday. Yeah. But <laughs> the mayor's still out there. Yeah, so that season three is over. It's really, really over. Not like there's actually another episode in two more months that's going to happen over. The, so I guess we will be back to talk about the show. I mean, we're going to do a little season recap, so keep an eye out for that. Make sure you're subscribed to whatever podcatcher you use. Go ahead and subscribe to good old Beat Me Pod. Uh, good old Beat Me Pod. But the next time we'll talk about an actual episode of the show won't be until the freshman. October. The actual first episode of season four, not this episode of Earshot, which is part of season three. October, October 5th. 2019. Yes. 20th anniversary. October 1999. October 5th, 1999. So meet us back in time. Everybody set your watches. Get your pumpkins back. out. Insert back to the future joke here. Daniel, anything else? No. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Stacia, anything else? No. Say goodbye. B-Y-E. Bye. <laughs> Yay, bye. My mother was a daughter of royalty farmer. My father was a traveling salesman. I never met him. When my mother died, my uncle took me in. He ran a funeral parlor. He did a lot of nice things for me, and I won't forget him. What secret? Being gay? Man, I'm out. All I know is that I'm thrilled by your kiss. I don't know any more than this Oh boy, picking up sticks Build your house out of modern bricks Knocking on the door, I say, who's it, where you from? Man, say, Freddy, I say, Freddy, who? He say, Freddy, you're not here, I come Oh boy, need the stars that shine Washing them dishes, feeding them swine I'm so out, I've got my grandma fixing me up with guys. That's, um, nice. But it sounds like, um, you're having a rough time with it.